Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. My name is Steve Cullum, and I'm going to be your host for the next few minutes. This podcast is all about talking to student ministers, youth workers, youth pastors who are in the trenches and doing the work day in and day out. And we just get to know their story, find out what their ministry looks like, and grab some tips and tricks from them. Today, we're going to be joined by Jake Kircher. I've known Jake for a few years. He's the next generation pastor at Grace Community Church in Noon Canaan, Connecticut. And we're so glad to have him today. Well, thanks for joining us today, Jake. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so um, I know you a little bit from from different things that we've done together with uh, youth ministry, but also um, a a marriage retreat that we did uh, a few years ago. But our yep. podcast listeners don't really don't really know you yet. So can you tell <laughs> your tell your story and how you got into ministry and all that sort of thing? Yeah, so I've been uh, I've been working in ministry for fifteen years. Uh, we'll we'll be fifteen here at the end of the summer, um, and uh, pretty much started as barely an adult. So I mean, my first my first job in a church, I was seventeen years old, um, barely just turned eighteen over, over a couple of weeks into the role. Um, so just uh, went to college at, at Gordon, uh, up in the North Shore of Boston, and um, just had known throughout high school that that was what I wanted to be doing with my life. So I, I dove into a church as soon as I got to school and um, kind of had a, had a volunteer role that graduated to the assistant youth pastor role. And um, by my third year in college, I was was hired as the youth pastor for part time. So um, I've been doing it for, for a long time. I've worked in two different churches. Um, I worked in a little church in Essex, Massachusetts, a little congregational church there for six years um, and then uh, moved down to the, uh, the the bottom part of Connecticut, the little tail um, by New York City, and I've been working at a church called Grace Community Church there for uh, will be nine years this summer. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's uh, been a been a long fun ride and and that and then beyond that do um, do work with Reach Youth New England and the National Network of Youth Ministries and um, published a, a number of books with the Youth Cartel and another book with Simply Youth Ministry and um, so I keep I keep myself pretty busy in a wide variety of, of projects and endeavors. Yeah, it seems like it. How how did you get connected with the National Network and and all that sort of thing? So when I was at the church in Essex, um, just this, this desire for networking, and, and it tends to be one of my you know, spiritual gifts or strengths that comes up in these assessments, uh, networking has always been very important to me. The idea that you know, we're better together, that we can do more when we work together with other churches um, has just always been something I've, I've looked for. So I was, was part of a local network in Essex and really just enjoyed meeting uh, with that group of youth leaders and, and encouraging one another, worshiping together and things like that. Um, when I came down to Connecticut, um, having already connected to the network um, was really helpful when I was, was considering the, the church that I ended up taking the job with. Um, so I reached out to some of the local network leaders and was able to you know, get their insights on the church and the community. And, and Fairfield County and what the area was like. Um, and it was actually, it was Mark Orr, who was uh, the biggest voice who, who got back to me. Mark, who uh, runs Reach Youth New um, and he's the uh, New England coordinator for National Network of Youth Ministries. Um, and we just developed a really 
great connection right from the get-go, and uh, he's been a, a solid mentor in my life ever since I've moved to Connecticut, and um, slowly that just developed into um, the opportunity to work with him on some of the initiatives they were doing and creating events like the Youth Worker Recharge and the Youth Ministry and Marriage Retreat um, and things like that. So um, it's really my connection with Mark um, via the network and, and checking in that drew me into NNYM. Cool. Awesome. So your ministry there in, in Connecticut, um, near New York, I'm sure it kind of brings some different, uh, you know, dynamics to the church and everything. I know we've talked before about like the situation that you're in there in, in Connecticut, um, being a, a pretty affluent area and stuff. So yes. <laughs> a lot of people are asking like, what's, what's your programs look like? What, how do you do ministry? How do you do youth ministry there at your church in Connecticut? One of the things that I've loved about my church um, is it's only about 15, 16 years old, um, so it's still a a fairly fresh church. Um, There was one other youth pastor who had preceded me, um, and there was a couple of year gap um, before I showed up. And so the programs weren't very strong when I I got here, and so it was really refreshing to just be able to be creative and Mm. almost do whatever whatever I wanted. and so the other benefit with the newer church is there are just there are no sacred cows. Yep. Um, and so I have a lot of flexibility from year uh, year to year to make adjustments and changes. Even a major part, you know, a midweek programming um, has looked dramatically different um, since I've been at the church. Um, so when when I first got there, we were kind of doing the typical youth group night. Um, you know, high school met on Sunday evenings, middle school met. Um, just prior to that. Um, so I had about an hour gap in between the two programs. Okay. And it was your pretty typical mixers. Um, we actually did a meal every single meeting for our high school group, which was uh, was really neat. Um, and talk about the, the affluent area. This was something that was, uh, you know, a couple of moms just every week donated their time and, and their money to, to make wow. these awesome home-cooked meals. Um, and it was a really neat part of the group that just helped um, get kids talking and hanging out together. Um, and then obviously we dive into some teaching. At that point, uh, we didn't have a ton of, of music, so that was one of the things that was missing from the program um, early on. Um, you know, and as I got a couple of years into the program, I, I think it's always important to remember it, it takes time to get yourself established and. You know, I know a sustainable youth ministry and different people will talk about that two-year mark, Um, and I really found that to be true myself. And so once I'd hit that two-year mark, it would really establish some relationships and rapport with the leadership, and uh, we started assessing the programs and figuring out, you know, what what could we do differently to reach kids better. And it it was kind of funny because I, I had always said, and I said this during my interview at the church, um, that I, I never ever would do a Sunday morning program <laughs> that ran at the same time as our our Sunday service. You know, the the intergenerational piece was a huge importance to me, and um, and so I just I said never never would I do that. And, never. And lo and, Famous last and, words. Lo and behold, right? Exactly. <laughs> Tell God never, and He laughs in your face. Um, so the conversations I started having with parents and teens um, just kind of led us to this aspect of, of developing a Sunday morning um, program, basically just a, a, a worship service for our teens um, that happened at the same time as our main service. Um, and there were a number of reasons why that ended up being the right move um, for us. Um, one, we were renting property at the time, so we were meeting in our middle school. And so we were really limited on, you know, we, we didn't have a ton of time before or after services to put things. We kind of had that one window. Um, But our church is also very regional. 
Um, so, I mean, as you mentioned, it's, it's a really affluent area. Um, and especially the, the town specifically that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a very diverse population. Um, my senior pastor always likes to say that we have people in our church on food stamps and we have other people in our church that could fund the entire food <laughs> stamp industry for the country. Wow. Um, and so because of that, we had, we had some families and teens that were driving 40 minutes to show up for church on a Sunday morning. So to expect them to drive home and then four or five hours later drive back for youth group it just wasn't realistic so we we kind of just realized that capturing them on a sunday morning was the the best best time and best place that that, that worked for us um and so we were we're really excited about getting that program together and it created a lot of avenues run the service um you know obviously you want teenagers to participate within the life of church and not just be spectators. And so we found this, this student service was a huge um, advantage that our, our students did announcements, they led music. I had students do the teaching from time to time, and um, it was just a really um, great way to engage these kids and help them live out their faith in the midst of that community. Um, and then we got creative in other ways to engage um, kids in the intergenerational element of the church. So. Every so often, we'd have, like, the students start in our main service. Hmm. So we'd do music all together, and then they'd get dismissed. Um, we'd have a rotation of our elders that would come down and do the prayer um, and spend time with the students um, and obviously other adult volunteers. Um, or we'd have a service opportunity that was opened up to the whole church and not just the teens. So um, it was a nice learning experience for me of just realizing that, you know, intergenerational ministry is important but just because it doesn't happen in the hour or the hour and a half on a Sunday morning doesn't mean that there are other ways that you mm. can, you know, build that into the life of your church and That's your true. ministry. So, so, and then our midweek stuff has been all over the place. So we've, we've had one year where we had small group format. So we had six different small groups on different days and different times led by different people. We've done your typical Wednesday night Bible study. Um, two years ago, we ran alpha for teens on our, on our midweek. Um, you know, it, it's just bounced this year. Um, so I've, my role has actually shifted at the church. Um, so I'm now the next generation pastor, and I'm, I'm overseeing our teen programs now. But we've we've hired a, youth, a new youth pastor and um, to do the, the hands-on work. Um, so he's doing a, a volleyball and Bible study night. Um, so they do volleyball on Tuesdays. Um, and then, you know, the last 45 minutes of the night, we'll sit and grab some pizza and do that. And, and that's been really interesting too, because we, you know, we set out kind of going after our high schoolers and it's turned into a parent and child night, which oh. was really unexpected. Um, but we just, there were some teenagers who showed up and their parents decided that they wanted to stay and play volleyball. Um, and then they stayed for the Bible study too. So it's been, our youth pastor's been having a ton of fun, having that kind of dialogue with parent child in the same room and um and that kind of dialogue so that's really cool yeah yeah wow so has that just been like the the fluidity of your programs or midweek and everything is that just because you like to try different things or certain things work better than other things or you just kind of trying to still feel out what works best for your group or kind of what's the mentality i guess by trying a lot of different things yeah, I think a lot of it has been so. Um, my professor at college, um, Bob Wittet, always used to say that youth ministry is a moving target. So if you constantly aim at the same place, you're going to consistently miss. Um, and I think every year that we've we've made a shift has had to do with 
Um, the majority of the students involved works their schedules. Um, and then also our adult volunteers. Um, so the year that we did small group programs, they went really well. Um, and I would have loved to do them again, but for whatever reason, at the end of that school year, you know, one, one of those adult volunteers moved, um, another one was a college student. And so they graduated and they went, um, went back home. Hmm. Um, and so all of a sudden we just didn't have the adults to really facilitate the small groups at that point. Um, and I, I'm, I'm sure other people will relate with this, but I'm, I'm finding it harder and harder to engage students midweek with one catch-all program. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just so much competition between sports and homework and clubs and, you know, all the other things that kids are involved with um, that I have always found that it's, it's, it's nice to kind of reevaluate, um, and, and move. Cause I mean, that's one of the, the natures of youth ministry. Every single year you lose mm-hmm. part of your group. And usually because it's the older kids and a number of them take on some leadership format, you, you lose a core group <laughs> of, of, of your students every single year. Um, and then all of a sudden you have new students who have different passions and different, um, extracurricular activities with different schedules. Um, and so you, we've just found it valuable to kind of adjust from year to year from there. Yeah. Um, cool. So, yeah. All right. So you've got uh, 15 years in ministry so far. Are you getting any couple tips and tricks that you'd like to pass on to other people that are doing this? Maybe they're starting out or maybe they've been in the ministry for years and years and they're trying to Maybe something new that can spark an interest in their and their minds. Um, got a couple tips for the for the people. Yeah, so I could go a million different directions with this one. Um, I, I think if I had to just pick pick a couple, I, I think one of just I, it was such an importance for me of learning how to take care of my own soul. Hmm. Um, I am a workaholic. Um, I um, am a doer. I mean, as evidenced by the number of things that I've invo- been involved with, and and part of that's my personality and just the way that God has has wired me. I want to keep moving, but um, I, I've definitely had the tendency to go overboard and neglect for my own soul, um, neglecting a day off. Um, mm-hmm. Part of why I transitioned from my first church to where I am now in, in Connecticut is um, I, I burnt out really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, a, a part-time paid position, so I was getting paid for 20 hours a week, but I was plus work on top of that to pay our bills. And um, at that point, I was newly married as well, and my wife had to work a job that she really didn't care for, but we needed the income. Um, because of how everything was at the church. And it's it's not that a part-time position is, is bad and that you should never do it, but I just didn't have the wherewithal at that point in my career to understand the boundaries that I needed in order to do it in a healthy way. Um, and I think, you know, we, we in the youth ministry world, we don't want to talk about money and we can get selfish and we want to get and get and get and it, and it comes from a really good place because we want to change kids' lives and uh, we want to introduce them to Christ who ultimately is the one that's really going to change their lives. And um, But, you know, when we actually take care of ourselves and have days off and invest in our families and spend our own time with God, it actually enables us to do ministry for a longer amount of time. Um, and so taking care of ourselves is just an extension of actually investing in our students, because if we're empty, we've got nothing to actually give them, mm-hmm. nor are we pointing them in a good, in a good place because, Hey, look at us, we're burnt out and 
you know, our marriage is a mess and whatever. It just, it's not the kind of role model we want to be lifting up for teens. So, um, that's probably the first thing. I, I think the second thing for me is, um, I think a lot of young youth workers and I was absolutely in this boat, uh, um, you know, you, you want to demand that respect hmm. and you, there's this sense of leadership doesn't listen to me or they don't like my ideas. And, you know, there's lots of stories of youth workers who clash with their senior pastor or their other leadership. And I think some of that is generational. Some of that's, you know, hmm. the millennial mindset that's out there. Um, and some of it's just different styles of ministry. Hmm. Um, and that's important, uh, to understand. But, you know, I think for a lot of youth workers, uh, and again, this is, I'm pointing the finger at myself. You know, I, I came into a church here in Connecticut, and a couple of years in, I, I, as much as I got settled after two years, there were still those ripples and um, wasn't feeling respected or listened to by my senior pastor or other leadership. And at the same time, as I look back on it now, you know, I, I specifically asked in my interview, you know, was there a dress code? And when I was told no, that was a major win because I didn't want to dress nicely. And I didn't, you know, I wanted to dress like teens. And being in an affluent area where, you know, it's it's polos and popped collars and, <laughs> you know, dockers and things like that. And I'm walking around with cut off camo short studded belts and, you know, te- baseball cap. I look back on it and it's like, of course I wasn't respected because the audience that I was spending a lot of my time with and the adults that I was needing to um, relate to in leadership situations looked at me as this immature kid. Um, And when I finally started to realize that, it was just unbelievable to me of of watching this turnaround when I started wearing college and dress shoes and just carrying myself older, all of a sudden I, I had that respect that I wanted and people started listening to me and taking me more seriously. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that my first couple of years I was scraping by financially and, uh, you know, I started carrying myself differently and I saw that respect, you know, within six months, got a 17% pay raise um, from leadership because all of a sudden it was, it was somebody who they wanted to invest in um, because they saw somebody who was responsible and acting like an adult instead of just a, an older teenager. Hmm. Um, and so I think, you know, and that's different for everybody's scenario. You know, I, I know that New Canaan, Connecticut and the influence that I'm in did play into that. Um, but I think for a lot of youth workers, if you if you want that respect, I think there you have to evaluate how you're carrying yourself and how you're talking to leadership and how you're dressing and presenting yourself uh, that might be playing into the equation as well. Um, that's so a good point. that's probably the second thing. Cool. Um, uh, if there's anything else that you want to drive into or 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 get at, but yeah, no, I those think would be the top two. I think those are great points. I think. Um, I think, you know, both of them really are, are very crucial. I think, you know, taking care of yourself, but at the same time, they kind of go hand in hand, you know, making sure that, mm. that we are, you know, working on ourselves at all times. Maybe if that's, yeah. you know, you know, growing in our relationship with God or just yes. becoming a better leader and becoming, you know, um, you know, working on our, our interaction with other adults and, and things like exactly. that. Those are, those are great areas and not just be the, you know, the stereotypical youth pastor who just, you know, plays games and breaks things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. When, and I think it connects to Jesus too, because I mean, that, what, what, what do we, what do we have about Jesus as a teenager? Like all, all we have is Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. Yep. 
And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's part of why maybe he didn't start his ministry until he was 30 because mm-hmm. he, he knew as a 19 year old, 18 year old in, in that culture, he, he wouldn't have been listened to very much. And so he took that time to grow in wisdom and stature. And, and when he hit that point where culturally he could engage in, in a, in a better way, he, that's when he, he moved. And obviously I'm speculating, but mm-hmm. I think it's a similar thing for us that, that we need to, as young youth workers, grow in wisdom and stature and listen to the advice of people and don't be so quick to just be defensive or, um, and, and especially the millennial mindset today of, you know, well, I know, I know everything and I, I know exactly what we need to do. It just, yeah, we, we need to be quick to listen and, and take the advice of other people um, from before us. So, Definitely. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Jake. Yeah, no problem, man. It's um, it great to be here. Promo time. Is there anything that you're <laughs> online a lot? I know you do a podcast of your own, so time to, to punch up your own stuff here. Where can people find you online? Uh, Jake Kircher um, has uh, all my, my contact info, and it has uh, the books, links to the books that I've written, and uh, my teaching podcast is on my website as well. And then uh, this past January, I started a brand new podcast on my own uh, called Spark Moments. Um, that's been a lot of fun doing. Um, they're, they're designed to be short. So seven to 10 minutes is, is kind of where I'm aiming at. And, uh, they're designed to, to spark your thinking. So, um, it's little snippets of, of thoughts about faith life, um, and, uh, you know, how we can better, uh, live out our faith and, and better live in relationship with one another. So, um, would love to invite your listeners to, to check out spark moments podcast. So you can get that through my website or just search on Podbean or the iTunes store for uh, for Spark Moments. All right, cool. I'll definitely make sure you look up jakekircher.com as well and uh, listen to the podcast. So thanks so much for uh, joining yeah. us once again, and may God bless your ministry. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Right back at you. And thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Student Ministry Podcast. Like always, if you find these interesting and helpful, share with another youth worker that you know about that would be also interested in this, and that'd be great. Also, be sure to give us a good rating if you liked it on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, all these other different places that you can subscribe. And speaking of subscribing, please do subscribe so that you can make sure that you get this delivered to your inbox or to your smartphone every month month when we release it. Again, thanks so much for tuning in and may God bless your ministry.